time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. Here we go, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, Mike Manansky, WEEI in Boston, Jack Fritz, WIP in Philadelphia, trying to cram an entire weekend of summer sports and summer sports betting into one hour, Fritz. What's going on, man? Welcome back, buddy. I uh, hope you had a nice weekend off last week. You know, uh, yep. Zach and I held down the fort. Um, the Yankees continue to dominate the Red Sox. So, yeah, life's pretty good down here in Philadelphia. Uh, uh, Zach, uh, I thought I was going to get Wally pipped. I thought for sure. I can't believe they called me back, invited me back. I'd have to deal with you for a week. So, I had a great weekend. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Glad to be back here and a lot to cover. We'll get to uh, Red Sox and Yankees, one of the three marquee baseball series. Uh, on the slate this weekend, uh, we'll get to dissecting the divisions. Amazingly, Fritz, we only got two of these left. I feel like just yesterday we started talking NFL on this show. I know. Uh, we, we were trying to think of like what we're going to do next uh, in the second segment. And I think we came up with devouring the divisions and yeah. <laughs> seeing if we can just redo it all over again. So uh, 65 days, well, 65 days until the first Sunday of the NFL season. I guess that would make it 62. Until so, the first Thursday night game? I was told there'd be no math, man. I was told there'd be no math. Yeah, devouring the divisions. This time it counts. This time it's a real <laughs> This time it matters. This time it matters. The dissecting was just the, the, the trial run. This is, yeah, this now is we devour this matters. thing. Uh, like a Thanksgiving yeah. meal. Uh, and we'll get to, yeah. of course, a Fritz list. We got some kit to get to as well. And a lot of football here. Glad you're with us on BetQL Weekend as we get set to talk about uh, biggest news of the week in the NFL. I mean, I, I, we're going to start with Baker Mayfield. As we were talking about this off the air, like, I, I, I got to be honest, it speaks to how big the NFL is that we across the country, not just us, but every show I saw on Friday, uh, the midday show, same sort of thing on the BetQL Network, opening with Baker Mayfield talk. Two mediocre quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, that drives the NFL train, baby. Woo! That's how it goes, man. And honestly... <laughs> Like, I think, who's a less talented number one overall pick? Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff from the quarterback position? Because, like, it's shocking to me that Baker Mayfield ever went number one overall. Um, I will say this, though. He goes to Carolina. He is definitely better than Sam Darnold. And I think people are too hard on Baker Mayfield. I really do. You know, he had the torn labrum last year. Uh, people are like, well, he threw all these picks. He, he wasn't good. It's like, yeah, he couldn't feel his arm. Like, what do you want the quarterback to do? <laughs> you know, I think that, I think that, you know, he's not unbelievable. I think there's a good player in there. I think he's going to help the Panthers. And I, I don't think it's such like a ha-ha, make fun of Baker thing. Like, I think there's a legitimate upside here. Um, he was a year removed in, in Cleveland from beating the Steelers in a playoff game. Like, how that doesn't matter, I think, is kind of ridiculous here. And I think Baker's honestly, I think people are too hard on Baker, Mud. I really do. Yeah, I have a hard time buying into that. You know, he's had opportunities. He's definitely talented. He, I, you asked who's more talented, he or Goff. I think he's more, he's more talented than Jared Goff, right? If you talk about just pure quarterback talent, he's more talented than Goff is. But, I mean, Baker's one of these guys, to me, we talk about the quarterbacks and do you value possession or not. He's willing to chuck it up, and he doesn't really care if he turns the ball over or not. And we saw Baker up close here in New England. 
when Cleveland came in. He'd come off two really good games. I was just looking at before he came on the air. Uh, Baker Mayfield going to that Patriots game last week, last year, quarterback ratings of 86 and 132. Like really sort of the peak of his abilities. Cleveland Browns came in, get up 7-0 in that game for it. And then from there, got outscored 45-7 the rest of the way. Baker ended up 11-21, a quarterback rating of 56. And I know he was hurt, but after that, quarterback ratings 53, uh, 79, one more 91, couple of 55s. The Patriots broke Baker Mayfield. And I just, I don't have the confidence you do. He's going to go to Carolina with Matt Rule, that coaching staff, and like all of a sudden find it again. I'm not convinced of that. And I also, I push back a little bit. I'm not sure Sam Donald's that much worse. Like Sam Donald's been in terrible positions coming out of college there with the Jets and now up Carolina. So I'm not going to be shocked when Donald beats him out for the job. And I think they're closer than you think. I don't think Baker's that much better than Sam Donald. I really don't. Man, this this New England Boston bias is sickening. The, the Patriots did not. Bias. The Patriots did not break Baker Mayfield. They broke. He broke. They broke him. They broke him. Stop. He, he had a torn labrum. It wasn't that the Patriots figured anything else out. He couldn't throw the football uh, at a certain period last year and grinded his way through it to try to make a season happen, and it didn't happen. Like that, that Browns team ended up being a disaster. I mean, they won seven games. Whatever. I just, I think Sam Donald. Like, what did Sam Donald ever showed you? He was good. Like, there's never one point where he was like, "Eh, Sam Donald's kind of interesting." Baker Mayfield has led playoff teams before, so I, I, I don't think it's close. Like, I think. I think Baker runs away with it. And, I mean, he does have DJ Moore. He has Robbie Anderson. He has um, he has McCaffrey. Like, there yep. are some weapons down there that he can kind of make semi-interesting. The funniest aspect to me, honestly, Mutt, is that Robbie Anderson was very anti-Baker Mayfield <laughs> uh, with, the, with the videos. So how's that all going to uh, kind of work its way out? I think the biggest question to me is really – can Baker adjust? Like, what Baker are we getting here? Are we getting the Baker who's kind of standoffish in, in Cleveland? Or are we getting a different Baker that is going to learn from his ways, I guess, in Cleveland and is going to be a better leader? Because that's kind of the reason why he went number one overall, was that he was a great leader. He's a great winner. He yeah. would, you know, take the Oklahoma flag and slam it down, and, and teammates revered him. That didn't seem to be the case in Cleveland. Teammates didn't like him at all. So – I'm curious to see which bigger they get. I just think he is way better than Sam Donald. I can't – the Eagles played him last year, and he was – like, shouldn't have belonged on the field, frankly. Yeah, and, and maybe he is uh, better. I just don't think he's significantly better like you do. Uh, I also don't think it's going to matter. I, I think I've seen enough in a short period of time for Matt Rule that he's not he's not an NFL head coach. Like, he's he brought in a really smart guy in Joe Brady and immediately was like, oh, you know what? We're passing too much. We need to run the football more. This is a guy, Matt Rule. This is um, amazing. So last year, he told his quarterback, "You got to rush for eight. You're going to rush for 89 yards this year, uh, this game." And as the game is going on, that's when he got hurt because he was trying to reach this imaginary rushing number, like he's some sort of Pop Warner coach. Like it's, oh, if we rush for this many yards, we're going to win. I've seen nothing from him makes me believe he's a, a, a good NFL coach. I think he stinks. They want to establish the run. Any coach who wants to do that. I have no interest in whatsoever. You and I like guys like Brian Dayball, who's like, well, we're going to throw it 50 times today. We don't care if we run. Matt Rule's not one of those guys. Baker Mayfield can be great. He's still going to screw it up. We'll get to the NFC South in in greater detail coming up. But over under six and a half wins, this change, your opinion, like what did you think before or after? To me, I'd still be leaning under because I think Matt Rule's adult 
I don't think it matters who his quarterback is going to be. Does Baker Mayfield move the needle for you six and a half wins over under there on the Carolina Panthers? I would I would say seven. I would I would if I was betting Whoa. on this, I would bet the over a little bit. Can we, you know, can I, we do I a show the, bet. Can we do a show bet a right show now? Bet? I'll take the under. I'll take the under. All right, I'll take I'll take the over. Uh, so here's how I view it: is that I want the I I don't think the Panthers were they were definitely a disaster last year at some yes. portions. Yes. But I didn't think they were like a bad football team. I thought they had a really really historically bad quarterback. Like I'm just I couldn't be less interested in Sam Donald and. Um, my problem with Matt Rule is that I like him as a coach because of what he did here in Philly. So if this is this is a bit of a bias. Oh, take. the bias. Here's the bias. Yep. My, yep, New England I bias. Think... Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking out Temple football. Um, <laughs> um, I just I can't believe that Matt Rule is this bad. Like honestly, that's my Matt Rule take. Is I can't believe he's this bad. Like I think he's a smart football guy. I think the issue is is that he's trying to establish a way of winning that was good 10 and definitely 20 years ago. You know, like 20 years ago was when this was in. And he just seems like he's not totally ready for it. Um, like, I mean, they went to the draft, what, a couple of years ago and didn't draft one offensive player. They took only defensive players, which, like, is insane in, in uh, the 2020s version of the NFL. So um, he got a big contract. There's a lot of big hopes. He's been a great, like, culture builder in the past and it seems like this is probably gonna be his last year i just i believe in matt rule as a coach too much to like totally give up on on this team so give me over a six and a half we'll have a show bet give me a baker bounce back and a matt rule not a disaster uh <laughs> betting prop all right okay i don't know who to add. i'll address all you guys our producers zach mike jake somebody save that and somebody aggregate that on video and send it out there. I believe too much in Matt. So you're the guy. Outside of Mrs. Rule, you're the guy who believes in Matt Rule. Mr. My quarterback's run for 89 yards today. Oh, he hurt his knee trying to get to some imaginary fantasy football number. Give me a break. That's called figuring out how to win. That's figuring out how to win and grind it through and tough it out. That's what I want. Matt Rule. You're too hard on Matt Rule. They're going to go over six and a half wins this year. Baker's a difference maker, and Robbie Anderson's going to cry about it. Who cares? Um, I just I, – I'm telling you, believe believe in that role. I, I can see the press conference now. Pick your big-name college that fires their coach, and Matt Rule saying, we're going to establish the run here in the Pac-12, whatever, the, the Big Ten, some college team in 2023. He'll be coaching college football. And guess what? You can yeah. follow him on that team. You can buy his hat. You can uh, you can buy one of his the pennants for your your wall there in your bedroom at home, and I'll be celebrating whatever this show bet victory is. Just pride of knowing you picked the over on the Carolina Panthers. Do you like the Panthers getting a point and a half week one against the Browns? That's the that's week one's matchup, baby. I mean, I tell you what, like the NFL schedule makers again. I, 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 <laughs> there's no there's no more well-run league in the history of sports than the NFL. Like they've created the offseason being interesting. They've created the draft being interesting. They even nailed the schedule. People are like heavily invested in their stupid top 100 list, which is like where we are right now, Mutt and Sports Radio, which is like, oh, yep. is our guy going to be on the top 100? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? But you know what? We all care. Like, we all care. We will all break it down. So, um, so I just think between Baker going back to Cleveland or there are those two playing and then, 
Russ going back to Seattle for the for the first game in in, in week one. Yep. It's just insane, and and they continue to 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 nail it. And I mean, I'll take the point right now because I don't think Deshaun Watson's playing, and the backup Jacoby Brissett, who I think can win some games, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna come down to Baker or or uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I, I love how this thing plays out. Like, I've seen a lot of people reacting to it already in the, the minus one and a half. It's it's great for us because we're months away from actually week one happening, and you're already invested uh, in these games. Uh, and as much as I'll sit here and tell you that, you know, Baker's not going to be an impact, I, I, I don't want to bet on Cleveland uh, at all. I, I mean, you're right about the Sean Watson, Brissett. I know they're talented around them, but we talked about this. We talked about that division a couple of weeks ago. Like, uh, great, you cleared yourself of the Baker Mayfield issue. You're, you're still got Deshaun Watson looming. That thing is going to cost him games. He just has to. And I, I'll be interested in how that team responds to if there are more Deshaun Watson reports, if there are more allegations that come out, like how much more can they withstand? He can take care of these off the field all he wants and, and, and pay some of these women off, which is reportedly what he has done the last couple of weeks. The league's still going to suspend him. It's still Jacoby Brissett. Yep. So uh, I, I, I'm going to bang on Baker Mayfield and tell you, yep, I'll take the point and a half too. I'll take the point and a half against the Browns because I don't yeah. trust the Browns. Like I don't trust Carolina. Give me the points. Yeah. Plus you get that that one one win closer to the over at six and a half and me winning a show bet. So that's good to see. What do you think are the chances? What do you think the chances? Like Deshaun Watson yep. gets suspended for the year, which I think he should. You know, I think like it, it warrants that. If you were the Browns, would you invest in a trade for Jimmy G? Uh, I would, yeah, because they've spent a lot of money around him. Like, you brought in Amari Cooper. You've got really good defensive talent. You have two good running backs. I would not punt on this year. You know, if they come back, and, and the reports are there's been a negotiation, maybe six to eight games. Again, these are all reports, nothing concrete. Six to eight games, I probably wouldn't do it. If the league right. drops the hammer on Deshaun Watson and it's a full year, Fritz, I'm totally with you. Like, you, do you really want to – so your fan base just saw you spend guaranteed, like, 250 whatever it was, million dollars on this guy – you're going to punt on the year? You can't do that. You can't have a year where you don't mean anything after that. So, yes, I would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's what their thought is, by the way. Baker's not going to be the guy for us anyway. You know, we'll, if we have to go make a move, we'll get Jimmy G. But, yeah, I would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, because, like, listen, why don't you bring up Jimmy G's win-loss record? The guy just knows how to win football games. Um, <laughs> and seeing the Browns quarterback wins and losses. <laughs> seeing the Browns have to pay another quarterback would just be hilarious. Uh, although I think like if Watson suspended for the year, they negotiated that he'd get like only a million. Right. So um, yeah, he, he like, gets, yeah, they, they, they contract, his contract whatever. is set up where he does not lose a lot of money for it. I mean, that's one of the shadiest things about the deal. They knew he might be facing some uh, situations in the NFL. So they set up with a contract not to kick in until next year, which I wonder if the NFL has something to say about that, but I, I don't, I don't dislike Jimmy G, and I, I like Brissett. Boy, that'd be some irony. The two guys who backed up Brady when he got suspended for Deflategate now playing for the Cleveland Browns. Brissett and Chicago. Oh, it always goes back to Boston. Oh, where would where would NFL football be without the Patriots? I mean, seriously. It didn't even exist in New England before 1998. Foot, football's just better when the Patriots oh. are involved, right? Like, yeah, baseball's is. better when the Yankees are good. There it All is. Right, back Jones, baby. We got some more football to talk about. Let's stick with the NFC South. We'll dissect the division. It's Mutt and Fritz, the BetQL weekend. BetQL Network, do not go anywhere.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Martin Fritz rolling on here. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv, BetQL. Hanging out, talking the National Football League, which is, we think, 60-something days away. We're not great at math, so don't pin us down to it, but... Uh, we are just we're inside 70 days, inside 70 days to NFL uh, first uh, Sunday, which actually come up as part of our Betticut segment uh, in segment three. So do not go anywhere. We continue with a, a segment, really a segment that has taken the nation by storm, dissecting the divisions, going through every division in the NFL. We are on the number seven of eight. Uh, it is the NFC South, ironically, tied into the Panthers and their big move. So we'll get to the Panthers last year. We'll start with uh, the favorite. Not just to win the NFC South, but the, the most lopsided favorite to be the playoffs this year out of the NFC. Uh, that is my guy, TB12, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, minus 290 to win the division, over under 11.5, minus 600 to make the playoffs, which again, uh, are the lowest or highest odds you want to look at it uh, to make the playoffs in the NFL this year. And 7.5 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Brady's running it back one more time. After just an unbelievable retirement, not retired, re- responded to over 500 people on Instagram saying thank you for the nice note. Then coming back to play like unbelievable uh, in a matter of 30, 40, 50 days, whatever it was. And yet I'm not going to be shocked when they're representing the NFC in the Super Bowl in early 2023. It's crazy, Matt, uh, because I was, as you were talking, I was like, like, who's the best team in the NFC? Like, I think all have issues, frankly. You know, I think Green Bay without Devontae Adams lost one of their best pass rushers. Oh, I don't yeah. think they're going to be there. The Rams could obviously do the Super Bowl hangover and, and you know, like they partied all offseason. McVay thought of retiring at like 38 or whatever. Um, yep. Aaron Donald thought about retiring. So you have like that whole thing. They lost Von Miller. So they let some other players go. They're going to rely on young guys. So I can see them not coming back. And, you know, after the Bucks, which I'll get to in a second, it's like Cowboys, no. Niners, eh. Uh, Eagles, maybe, but Jalen Hurts issues. Stop, it's um, not the Eagles. The, the, the Vikings are in that conversation. But the Vikings in the NFC North, they're legitimate. Know, if what, they stay how, can they, how can the Eagles not be a part of it, but the Vikings can? What did what, what, what the Vikings J- want? Jalen Hurts is the quarterback there. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback there. Yeah. Would you, oh, Come on. Here, would you, who, you want, who would you take? You would take, okay. I would sidebar. I would take Kirk. Okay, that's all I want to hear. That's all I wanted to hear. But, so, but I'm with you. It it feels like the, all the powers in the AFC, right? That's the, that's what all the power teams are. And so aren't the Bucks not by default, but I think they might be the best team in the NFC on paper. Dude, I think let's go one step further. I think all four teams in the AFC West are better than the top four teams <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC. I really do. Wow. I really do. So yeah, so the Bucks. You know, I think they're going to obviously going to make the playoffs like Brady won't do that. But I think there's something totally off about them this year. You know, Brady comes back. He forces Bruce Arians to the front office after Bruce Arians is like, no, nah, like when, when Brady retired, like oh, how much he loves Brady, wants to coach him, all that. And then Brady's like, nope, get upstairs. Um, and he loves <laughs> Leftwich. So like maybe Leftwich is really good. You know, like maybe yep. Leftwich is. Is a, is a superstar coach. Like, he very well could be. Um, on the offensive side, Tom Bowles is the head coach now. I mean, we remember uh, the Jets where it just was like a disaster. You know, I think he's obviously learned. They have, um, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a really good defensive coach. He had that team playing well. No Gronk this year for Brady yet. 
You know, yeah. like it's always the yeah. net with yeah. With come Brian. on, oh, what what are the what is he? Uh, you know, my, minus two fifty to come back and play at some point this year. Yeah, there has come to be on. odds on that. There has to be odds on that. So I just think that I think I don't think Brady really wants to be there, and I think if Brady really doesn't want to be there, then it's hard for me to totally buy into a team. Like I think Brady needs total commitment from everyone in the organization for him to be at his best. And I felt like last year. You know, there was a lot of points throughout the season where he was like, we got to lock in, we got to be better, this kind of stuff, because they were partying after winning the Super Bowl. And he came from a culture in New England that would just move on from winning Super Bowls. That's all they did. And all they did was go to the championship games. And, you know, so I think I think he had a tough time adjusting to that. And I just view it as he already has one foot out the door. Uh, I think he's going to be the, the, the quarterback of the Dolphins next year. And I just don't think that his buy-in is totally going to be, be there for the Bucks. So they'll win this division. But I, I just – I have no idea who's going to be representing the NFC this year, Matt. I really don't. Yeah, you have less confidence in the Bucks than I do. I think if Brady's there and he's texting Mike Evans before he comes back, saying we got more touchdown passes to get to. Uh, you know, Cam Brate's not as good as Gronk, but he's a serviceable tight end for him. All the running backs are back. Uncle Lenny's there. The defense is still good uh, and has some big playmakers up front. Like, maybe it's more of an NFC thing, but 7.5 to 1 is a Super Bowl winner. Like, really, it doesn't – it doesn't really phase me. Like I, I'm not, I would not be shocked if they represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, and yep. amongst the teams you said, amongst like Rams off the the hangover of the Super Bowl, Packers no Devonte Adams, Cowboys we have to go to that conference. Like I think I almost default to them. And maybe it's a yep. Brady thing. Like Brady's there and he's good. And they're gonna run, they run the football during the year, keep him protected. He's got the pass catchers. Eventually, when when Godwin like. I, I think they're going to uh, be right there at the end. And you're right. I, the, the second part of it is going to be – it's going to rock the football world, but he's going to Miami. Like, I, I think unless Tua really, 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 really plays well, and even then, why does it matter? He's going to the Dolphins, right? That's the next step for him next year? Yeah. I, I mean, that was their whole plan this year, but the yeah. the, the, the Bucks wouldn't let it happen. And I really do wonder, um, you know, had the, the lawsuit not come down – um, if they would have just fired Brian Flores and and Sean Payton becomes the head coach and, and how that kind of plays out. Um, so I, I, he could have been the, the, the quarterback there this year. And then Bruce Arians, the whole nonsense of like, oh, well, we, we need four first-round picks for Tom Brady. I'm not trading the, the best quarterback of all time. It's like, first off, Bruce, like you – like. The Patriots deserve, like, the whole we're not trading the best quarterback of all time. Like, Tom Brady chose to go to Tampa Bay, you know? It's not like he is a storied Tampa Bay Bucks career. That whole uh, conversation with Bruce Arians is just infuriating. Like, if Tom Brady – he's you're lucky he chose Tampa Bay. If he wants to go elsewhere, you probably let him go elsewhere. But I wonder how many first-round picks, really, they could have gotten for a 43-year-old – Tom Brady. It probably would have still been four, honestly, because it's it's pretty much giving you still a top five quarterback in football that wants yep. to go to a place and and you know would would give you an all the chance right away to win a Super Bowl. Well, it's just like us to spend all this time talking about the likely favorite in the NFC. I like him at three and a half to one to win the NFC this year, and seven and a half to one in the Super Bowl uh, is not a crazy price. The team that sort of represents like my feelings on the NFC, and you nailed like I don't know what's going to happen. Is the New Orleans Saints four and a half to one to win the division? Eight and a half is the win total. Uh, plus one thirty to be a playoff team this year. Uh, they're seventeen to one uh, to win the NFC. Forty to one. 
to win the Super Bowl. It's Jameis. It's Dennis Allen. It's, you know, Michael Thomas is going to come back this year off the injury. Like, I, are you any insight on the Saints? I have no feel for what the heck this team's going to look like this year. I know. And, and it pretty much comes down to Jameis. Like, I, like, but <laughs> yep. Jameis, the only reason I was really buying Jameis at all last year was because of, of Sean Payton. Like, Sean Payton's one of the better offensive minds in, in football the last, you know, 15 years. Like, him and Andy, you know, have kind of been the offensive top guys for the last couple of years. Um, but it's interesting. Like, they, if you look at the, the roster, they do have a lot of talent around Jameis, whether it's Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas is back, uh, Chris Olave they drafted. Yep. Um, uh, they, they brought in Jarvis Landry. They had a good offensive line last year. Um, they did, they lost their left tackle, which isn't great, but whatever. Um, and then you look at the defense, you know, they brought in Tyron Matthew. They brought in Marcus May. They still have Lattimore. They still have Davenport. So it's like it, 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 Cameron Jordan, like they, they have a, a really good roster on paper and one that I think should compete in the NFC, given how kind of lackluster the rest of the division is. Yeah. It's just like, is, are you getting, end of Tampa Bay era Jameis, or are you getting kind of the flashes that we saw last year under Sean Payton without Sean Payton there? That's the biggest question for me, because remember like the bucks before the bucks before Tom Brady, they were like, wow, what a talented team. It's just that Jameis had a 30 for 30 season. So it completely tanked them. That's kind of how I feel about this saints team. It's the same thing, man. How much do you believe in Jameis and do you believe the workout videos and him on these exercise oh. balls looking great? Do you believe? I, how much do you believe in LASIK surgery? I don't know. He's got better vision now. Like, is it that? Is it that simple? Get LASIK and become a quarterback and turn the ball over. So, talent wise, yes. Like, my kids will love playing with the Saints and Madden because every position has like a, a star player, right? They got a rookie and a lave. But as far as Jameis Winston, maybe in Madden you can make him a good quarterback. I just I need to see it for more than a flash. So I, I would be. I know the NFC's down. I could be under eight and a half wins, and I'd be against them as a playoff team this year. So I, I, I need to see it first. With what's the what's the is is Taysom Hill gonna is he full time tight end now? Is he gonna flex back oh. the quarterback? to do with that thing? Oh, he is my least favorite player in football. And it's not even close. I oh. can't stand. I can't stand Taysom Hill. I really can't. Like like why is my quarterback on punt, on kickoff coverage? Like come on, <laughs> can we can we just pick a position, Taysom? Like you obviously suck at playing quarterback. Like we don't have to, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. Just, just be a tight end or something. It's just, I, I and like his contracts are so weird. Like they give him like almost a hundred million dollars, but only like 15 million of it is guaranteed or something. It is. It, Taysom Hill remains a, uh, just something I don't get. And as the owner of the Saints first round pick this year, uh, yes. I will be taking, oh. I'll be taking <laughs> the, the Saints under. Come on, Jameis. Jameis, I need a vintage 30 for 30 season out of you to sink that team and get me a good draft pick next year. And by the way, if Jameis is not pan out and they don't go back to Taysom, it's Andy Dalton and Ian Book. So give me the under oh. on eight and a half. Oh, wins. that's not too bad, right? <laughs> uh, let's Book? hit the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, 25 to 1 to win the division, over under four and a half. Uh, playoffs plus 750. Super Bowl is like a trillion to one. Uh, you know, some, some fun offensive weapons to play with there. Obviously when you add a kid like you know, Kyle Pitts and you add Drake London on the outside, again, fun team to play with in Madden, but this feels like a, a complete tank year for the Falcons. You know, they're, they're just trying to get to next year and get themselves a quarterback. Yeah, totally. You, you read that hundred percent correct. 
And frankly, it's like, wh- why are the Falcons drafting another receiver? It's, it's every, it's every like five years. They're like, okay, let's go draft a dynamic receiver just because that's what we do down here. You know, it's first, it was Roddy white. And then it was Julio, and then now it's Drake London. It's like, why don't you figure out how to actually build a good football team? Like, I think Drake London could be fine. It's a USC receiver, so that automatically puts a red flag up for me. Um, it's just like, it's such a bad way to build a team. Like, are you, are you, Is there a plan to get the weapons and then get the quarterback? Maybe. Um, but, yeah, four and a half sounds about right. I mean, Mariota out in Oakland was essentially just a, yep. like a goal line back <laughs> in a way. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, four and a half is a really low over under. Um, but when you look at the roster, it's like w- what there is interesting besides obviously Pitts no, and, and we'll see what Drake London is. And look, we've learned now in sports, this is a different uh, sports talk show conversation. Like teams tank now, like the, the Houston Astros yeah. and others have shown you, you suck for luck with the Colts. Like, I think it's it's an open secret. Like they they traded Matt Ryan, and even if they don't draft the quarterback, I have not looked at the free agents next year. Maybe they're trying to make it so it's it's appetizing, right? Offensive line they spent draft picks on. You have Drake London, you have Kyle Pitts. Maybe they try to recruit a quarterback there. The the, the owner spends. He treats his players really well. So long term, I'm still buying on Atlanta as being like a viable NFL place for the contending year in and year out. This feels like uh, their tank year. Uh, they will finish last in the division, and they're going to battle with the Carolina Panthers. We opened the show talking about them. Uh, six and a half win total, nine and a half in the division. All five to one to make the playoffs. Uh, Hundred to one to be the Super Bowl content. Like you're a, you're a Baker guy, so any of that yep. appetizing to you? You want to bet on Baker or bet on talent in Carolina? I don't. Maybe you do. Nah, the only thing I'd be interested in is is the over of six and a half. I think I think they do have enough talent there to where it's it's palatable. Um, I probably wouldn't do it, but. Um, I just think I think people are sleeping on Baker just a little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, and I, I, my I God, about, this this some I mean, it's this type of player you like the flashy, bet more talk than talent type player. This is a Fritz type player. Is you get the guy you like? <laughs> well, yeah, and it's like it, it, it's just the old cliche of a uh, guy's a winner, even though you have no idea if yeah. he's really a winner. But Baker's a winner. Don't worry about it. Lock it up. Seven and a half or six and a half over of that. Uh, and Matt Rule saves his job in Carolina this year <laughs> and proves to Mutt that he's not a disaster. My guy, Matt Rule. There's a better chance that Christian McCaffrey gets dealt during the year than Matt Rule proves uh, he's a good coach. Our producer, Zach, has been saying it for the whole show so far. UCLA, that's the next landing spot for Matt Rule. No pressure out there in California. Actually, maybe there is now. They go to the Big Ten. Uh, nice, cushy job for him back in college. You can buy a UCLA sweatshirt to wear around Philadelphia in the winter. Well, and he'd be replacing Chip, so that's the ultimate Philadelphia dream. Chip Kelly, where did he start his coaching in New Hampshire? Uh, Goes back to New England. Uh, coming up yeah. here on BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mutt and Fritz, we have we got a Fritz list. We got Betikit, and we're going to get you set for a big weekend in baseball headlined by the Yankees, Red Sox, Phillies, and Cardinals. That's all ahead here, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Mananski and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Home stretch, baby. BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. Mutt and Fritz with you. A lot to get to here in this segment, so we'll jump right into it. Big baseball weekend 
headlined by our teams, your Phillies in action against the Cardinals, Red Sox and Yankees at Fenway Park, highlighted by Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, I'll go first here. Please, folks, please, please, please tread lightly on the Boston Red Sox. Their pitching this weekend is atrocious. They pitched someone named Josh Winkowski on Thursday. Friday, you're getting Connor Siebold, former Philadelphia Philly prospect. He's getting called up because Michael Waka can't pitch. Saturday is Cutter Crawford and friends, TBD after that. Sunday night, Nicky Pavetta and his curveball, which did not look good last time out, had his worst start of the year. The Yankees are red hot. The Red Sox bullpen stinks. Their defense stinks. Please be careful betting the Red Sox this weekend. I said to you a couple weeks ago, I wasn't buying on the Red Sox, Fritz, because they had beaten up on bad teams. 45 wins this year, 45, 20 of those came against Detroit, L.A., Oakland, and Seattle, who have combined 426 winning percentage. Red Sox got fat and happy on bad teams. They have to prove to me and everybody else they can beat good teams. And right now, the way their pitching is set up, they might get swept away by the Yankees here at, uh, at Fenway Park this weekend. It would not surprise me. So if you're betting this weekend on the Red Sox and the Yankees, I don't mind overs because the Red Sox pitching is bad. Yankee team totals, punch those as well. But Red Sox run line, money line, I'm staying away. Yeah, it's interesting because um, that game last night, you get the Rafi Devers home run off of uh, Garrett Cole. Two home runs off of yep. off of Garrett Cole. Six, was, six career against him now, yeah. Who did you say is pitching Saturday or pitching or pitching tonight? Uh, Connor Siebold? No, no. It's some name that I swore you just oh. picked. Like... <laughs> no, no. Uh, Cutter Crawford. <laughs> By the way, Cutter. K-U-T-T-E-R. Cutter with a K. Crawford. And then friends after that, because they're not sure. They're going to call it a bullpen game, but maybe Cutter Crawford gives them five. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. That Red, Sox pitching, that Red Sox pitching staff is just a disaster. I mean, really. <laughs> like, we're all, you're all Brian bellowed up uh, earlier this whoa, whoa, week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's Bayo. Bayo. He'll, p- he'll be pitching again Monday against the Rays. Better, better start and start two. Take a strikeout total Monday night. All right, good to hear. Um, I just, man, the Yankees just seem like such a wagon. I mean, yeah. you, got, you got Jordan yeah. Montgomery tomorrow night. Um, you know, he's been obviously good this year, like most of their staff. I guess the game that I would consider betting on the Red Sox, because I don't think they get swept. I'm not a negative Boston fan like you. Um, <laughs> I would I would take Sunday night, uh, big game Nick Pavetta um against against uh Jamison Tyone who I think has just been been big, fine. Big, okay, do you say big game Nick Pavetta? Is that his what was that nickname uh, in Philly? Not but his nickname here. Good pitcher, but big game Nicky P? Where's that? You're just a you're a Pavetta fanboy from his Philadelphia days. Just admit it. Listen, Mutt, I don't know if you ever watched the Red Sox, but I have. And that guy in big games in the playoffs last year was hopping off the mound into the dugout. So if that doesn't get you the nickname Big game, Nick Pavetta. I don't know what does. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be. Listen, Red Sox, Yankees. It's definitely lost its its, its luster. You know, as fun as it used to be. You know, back in the day, the the, the damn Red Sox had winning, which really screwed this whole thing up. You know, had the Red yep. Sox just been what they were for their entire lives, which was losers, but talented losers. Uh, Red Sox, Yankees would have the same buzz, but it doesn't. And honestly, my like. Red Sox-Yankees is, is another rivalry that doesn't happen anymore. You know, like Eagles-Cowboys, same kind of year. Um, it's wild. It, it, there's no true rivalries in sports anymore. So uh, Red Sox-Yankees kind of feels the same way. 
Yeah, and you need to have big playoff games like in series. Those are huge. That's why the Red Sox in the early part of the, the 2000s were so big, those 03 and 04 playoff series. They had a great wild card game last year where they smoked Garrett Cole, but you need more games like that. I'm with you. The playoff is what fuels it now, not regular season. Uh, and I, being a Fenway on Thursday night, Yankee fans are not afraid to come to Fenway Park. There were so many Yankee fans there. They're going to be there all weekend at Fenway, and they're catching the Red Sox at a really good time, and the Red Sox have to start beating good teams if we're going to call them good teams. Um, how about this? How about your Phillies and Cardinals? Big game this weekend. Big games. I know. I know. Um, you know, uh, last time we talked uh, two weeks ago, because, again, uh, you took off last week because uh, you're a slacker. Is yep. that the Phillies were the Phillies were not in a a playoff picture? You know they were like four games out of the wild card. I think the last time we did one of these, and now they're 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 in the third wild card as of today, uh, tied with the the St. Louis Cardinals. And it comes down to this weekend. You know um, the Cardinals have just been scuffling here. Um, like it, it, it's weird when you look at them. It, it, it's pretty much Goldie and Arenado, and everyone else is just fine you know i don't see much difference makers in that lineup uh i guess they get, they get tyler o'neill back this weekend which should be good for them um pitching staff's just okay too like it's wainwright wheeler tonight we'll see how that goes um and then the rest of the pitchers are over the weekend i just like are, are nothing so I've, I've been really really unimpressed with this cardinals team and i think the phillies are down bryce they're down gene segura there's a different feeling around this team that they haven't had in years past i call it the kyle schwarber effect um, maybe the Red Sox could have used a leader kind of like Kyle Schwarber um, on this year's team. But in all seriousness, like the Phillies haven't had – like Bryce is an unbelievable player, but he's that lead-by-example guy and kind of does his own thing in a way. Um, so uh, Schwarber's a guy that's kind of bringing this team together, and we've seen a different level of fight uh, than we have in years past. So as a Phillies fan, uh, I'm good, at, good with where this team is at. They shuffle the rotation around so that – they could pitch guys in in Toronto because they ha- they're having vaccination issues. Um, yep. So so uh, they go Wheeler tonight, Gibson, Dakota Hudson tomorrow, and then Chris Sanchez on Sunday. It's going to be like a bit of a bullpen game, but um, it should be fun. And I, I have a it, it's okay to trust the Phils. I'll give you that. I'll say this: as somebody who's watched almost every Red Sox game or listened to every Red Sox game this year, they miss Schwarber so bad. And I, I think what happened. Fritz is that they wanted some sort of insurance on Xander Bogarts who can opt out after this year on his contract. And so they thought, well, if we spend 140 on Trevor's story, we'll have some sort of backup case Xander walks away. They would have been better suited spending the $80 million on Kyle Schwarber. He does two things the Red Sox have not done this month or really all the month of June walk and hit home runs. And to see this guy on highlights do the same stuff he's done for three years in a row, I think Hyam Bloom didn't want to bring this guy back and say he's got Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dahlbeck playing first base. It's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But again, listen to WEEI. I've been ranting about that all weekend. That is a promise. I miss Kyle Schwarber, Kyle from Waltham. He's an automatic home run. And they got a bat and lead off there in Philadelphia. I had a ballsy move there in Philly. I like that. Well, listen, uh, he was signed here to be the leadoff hitter uh, because it's been the it's been the least productive position in, in the sport uh, for them. So, um, yeah, it's kind of annoying because he's wasting a lot of RBI chances uh, as a leadoff hitter. Um, but sure. also, I don't think he gets I don't think he gets the same pitches if he's batting in the in the three hole because there hasn't been anyone there to really uh, you know do the damage behind him. Castellanos has been a disaster. 
JT doesn't deserve to be hitting up that high in the lineup. Derek Holly brought up like a week ago, and he's been in the cleanup spot. It's a weird team, but they've they've figured out ways to win. All right, so if you're listening to this on Saturday afternoon across the BetQL network or twitch.tv, follow BetQL. At that time, Jack Fritz will be uh, seven Miller lights deep, ready to go on the dance floor at a Saturday July wedding. And if you're in your 20s and 30s, this is wedding season, okay? Million weddings to go to. You're traveling places. What do I give for a gift? And so the Fritz list this week, Fritz, we need the top five wedding songs you want to hear as a guy on the at the wedding party, or not even what part of wedding party, at a wedding to get your butt out there on the dance floor. We need that list from the Fritz. Yes, yes. And, and Seven Miller Lights is probably about right. You know, I, I'm not a big dance guy unless I have, uh, you know, something aiding me. Like, I'm not, like, a dying to get on the dance floor. Uh, yep. Yeah, not a fan. I'm too top-heavy is what I tell people. Too top-heavy to be a good dancer. Uh, here are the five songs that will get me on the dance floor. Slash, I will be excited to hear if I'm on the dance floor. Number five, we start with an absolute classic. One that I bet that you were bumping back in the early 2000s. Let me guess. Let me guess. You drove a Honda Civic. Yep. And... He drove a Honda Civic. You definitely had more hair back then. Sorry, buddy. Um, and maybe like, a, did you have a goatee back in the day? Like, a, nah, I never was a goatee, goatee guy. Facial hair is not for me. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, by Usher. All yeah. time. Is that yeah, Usher? So. Yeah. Yes, that would have got me yeah. out there. That was played at Huskies on the campus of UConn in 2002. Yep, I can believe that. All right, we have, we have like four minutes. We gotta get through this. What's number four? I know, I know. I should stop making fun of you and get to the uh, get yes. to the list. Uh, September by, uh, you know, is it, do you remember the 21st night of September? Yeah, oh, okay, man, not as good. Okay. This this will make you feel better. Uh, Sweet Caroline, no. obviously. Ooh. Come Two on. thumbs down. Bum, oh, it's bum, that and the chicken dance. Either one of those songs are the two worst thing you play at a wedding. No sweet Caroline. No Neil Diamond. Out. Out. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, it's great. Uh, number two is Backstreet's Back by the Backstreet Boys. I lost that this hits. CD when I was eight years old on my flight to Italy. And frankly, I haven't gotten over it yet. Um, so Backstreet's Back. All right. And then All right. Number, yep. one, <laughs> number one is obviously... Play that funky music, white boy. Just an unbelievable no. dance song. And I will be on the floor, hopefully on Saturday, dancing to that song as I am uh, celebrating my friend's wedding. The number one, I've recommended this to friends who have gotten married and they thank me afterwards. Belle Biv DeVoe, Poison, is an absolute slammer at a wedding, especially if you're somebody in the 40s, 30s. Again, maybe you're a little bit younger, but when that... Back early as Paul. The whole dance, the boys, the girls are on the dance floor. They're singing back and forth. Belbid DeVoe Poison. Play that at your wedding reception. You will have an absolute blast. That's the number yeah. one on Fritz list today. <laughs> Meanwhile, that ties into etiquette, where we talk about betting etiquette for guys like us. Um, weekends, you should not have your wedding. You told me off the air today, people are doing Sunday weddings. If I got a wedding invite for the first Sunday of the NFL season, I am ripping that up. I will send you a check. But I am not going to that wedding. So for me, first NFL weekend, no weddings. Derby weekend, no weddings. What are the other weekends you cannot schedule a wedding as a guy who bets on sports? Well, I mean, I guess, like, obviously, you know, honestly, any fall. Like, any fall. (laughs) uh, Don't get married in the fall. Yeah, like, any fall one I'm sort of out on. If you get married in February for some reason or anything around championship 
obviously not. Uh, and Masters weekend, I would obviously never uh, do that to someone. So, and that, and that that's a great one. Number one, number one, first weekend of the NCAA tournament. That one too. That's in March. You don't get a lot of March weddings in the Northeast, but I, I'm with you on that. Like first college football weekend, NFL weekend. Imagine that first NFL. I'm I'm married to Scott Hansen on Sundays. That's who I'm married to. I'll be with Scott Hansen yep. on the couch watching the Red Zone Channel. Uh, Fritz, yep. enjoy your wedding, buddy. We appreciate. It. Want to thank everyone out there for listening and checking out the show here. Uh, it's the BeckQL Weekend. Mutt and Fritz, you get us here on the BeckQL Network. Get us on Twitch.tv at BeckQL. Have a great summer weekend.